Welcome to the Adeline Rising Podcast. We're your hosts, Saren and Adam, and we would like to welcome our new host, Lynn, to the show. Um, unfortunately, Doc has had to take a hiatus, so uh, we had to find another third person to keep me and Adam um, from straying too far off the path. <laughs> so, welcome, Lynn. Hi. Hi. Um, so I guess uh, you want to just kind of shout out who you are on Twitter and uh, just let people know who you are a little bit. Okay, I am a Wreck This Giant Doom on Twitter. And, well, I've been reading comics for 33 years. Uh, the first one was Avengers 264, Wasp versus the New Yellow Jacket back in 1986. Nice. I am a big fan of the Inhumans, my buddy Karnak in particular. And I'm from the Detroit area, where I live with my husband, who is also a comic book geek, and a fluffy little dog named Thor. All these people with these dogs named Thor. Christian Ward, you. Jay Lee has one named Thor. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's pretty cool. What kind of dog is his Thor? A pug. <laughs> oh my gosh, so we have two pugs and yeah. a fluffy one named Thor. That's that's really cool. I, I, I yeah. I, I, I should have I think I missed a trick there not na- naming Luna uh, Thor, but <laughs> You've got Luna, which is also an excellent Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. I should have called her like Jane Thorster or something, you know. <laughs> I have I would... a friend that has a eagle named Miss Marvel. Oh, that's really cool. Nice. What yes. what what do they actually shout when she's going down the street, like running away from them? they go Ms or Marvel or Miss Marvel? Oh no, she goes she answers to Miss Marvel. Oh wow, okay. But she's uh, she's an older beagle, so she was named after Carol, not Kamala. Uh, okay. Because she yeah. they got her before Carol became Captain Marvel. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, her name's Miss Marvel. She's beagle. Very smart dog. Um. So. But yeah, we, yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a nice friendly welcome to Lynn, and um, we are hoping that Doc will return so we can be a, a fantastic four. Uh, that would be great. Um, so we're 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 holding out for that. Yes, and um, you guys should all check out Lynn's Twitter because she has a great picture of Karnak, the gingerbread man, destroying a gingerbread house. And if you have <laughs> not seen that, go see it because it will quite literally make your day. Um, who who okay. was it? Who, um, sorry, going off track completely from like second minute in. Who was it who, <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember, one of the comic book writers, they, they sort of, they liked it and they appreciated it. Who was that? Uh, Matt Rosenberg, I think he saw it and retweeted it. And then... Um, Someone else, isn't it? I somebody remember. else on Instagram. Uh, so I'll put, I put you on the spot now. That's, that's yeah. it. That's, you know, really put you on the spot for the like, first uh, first couple of minutes. <laughs> I did not know Matt Rosenberg had retweeted that. How did I miss that? <laughs> and then, let's see. I'm surprised <laughs> Al Ewing... Dead air while I look this up. Oh, I'm surprised this Al Ewing is... wasn't all over that. I think uh, I think we've really put you on the spot now, haven't we? It's kind of. I'll find it. Nice job, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. But whilst uh, whilst Lynn is looking that looking that up, um, we we Ed are... Kisker. That's it. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Sorry. Excellent. But uh, I think whilst um, whilst we're, we're trying to we're trying to kind of update the podcast a little bit. Um, and expand beyond Inhumans as a podcast and kind of potentially rename the podcast, uh, which I think Saren was going to come on to in a second. But essentially, we are looking for possible names to rename the podcast to. So if you have any suggestions, 
you can email us at the same same address, the show at Um and I think we might turn it into a giveaway, if that's right. Oh yeah, I think um between Lynn and I we've got a couple things we could give away. We're not sure what it is yet, but we will announce <laughs> it on our Twitter, um Adeline Rising or at Adeline Rising One on Twitter. It'll be announced. Yeah. Um, once we figure it out, um, I think they might be a signed thing and maybe a not signed thing. Um, but they definitely will be some, one signed thing. Definitely one signed thing. Well, there you go, and some other cool uh, things because I've got I'm sure I can scrounge up something in my pile of things that I hoard away for the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you say it's for the podcast in inverted commas. I think that's that's really the thing, isn't it? It's like. <laughs> If 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 we don't have it for the show, then you can just put it up in your house somewhere. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna deny that. Um, so uh, yes, it'll be turned into a giveaway. Uh, send us your ideas. Um, if you do not feel like emailing, you can always just send us a message over Twitter or a direct message through Twitter because I do believe we have our direct messages up. Um, so yeah, there are lots of ways to get a hold of us. You can find me on Twitter at ham sandwich woman um once again lynn at rectus giant doom and adam at adam eastman and us adeline rising one um so lynn uh you were recently at c2e2 and you said you had the um fortune or misfortune to attend a couple of marvel panels um what did you find out well, I went to both of the both the War of the Realms and the Next Big Thing panel. It's a hard one to get into, so kudos to you. How long were you in line for that one? Oh, probably forty five minutes. Really? Did you get a good seat? That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, we did really good. Because I tell you, when you go to New York uh, Comic Con to try and get in that panel, if you are not there about two hours early to get in line for that damn thing, you are not getting into that panel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So kudos. Okay, so War of the Realms, they couldn't tell us much. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that the uh, Inhumans aren't going to be in it. That's sad. Uh, it does, does, it looks fantastic and it's beautiful. Well, I expect no less of that because it's been Jason Aaron's baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sibolsky got up and said, you know, all your favorite characters are going to be in it. Spider Woman's not going to be in it. <laughs> And one of the first people up to the mic was like, yeah, well, what about Beta Ray Bill? (laughs) (laughs) And the room went, crazy, yay, Beta Ray Bill. And he's like, "Um, yeah, he's in space. (laughs) That's cool. So if they're on Earth, they'll probably be on it. If if they're on Earth and they're semi-popular. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, you know, I don't don't want to put it down or anything at all this early in, but... I think, as we've discussed, kind of off off podcast, it seems to be um, the the big names are kind of coming back, and the smaller, less well known names are <clears throat> seem to be disappearing a little bit, which is that a shame. That makes me sad. Which yeah. is a shame. Sorry, I didn't mean to segue. Right. In there. Um. So, what did they show you? Any art, at least? Oh, we did get to see some previews of the art. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah you said Dark the artwork's is- beautiful. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, it's going to be a... And then, uh, spoilers uh, from Thor, is that we Jane Foster is going to be back, so that's excellent. 
Yeah, that's really good. I do not love Dean Foster. Um, okay. Um, so you also attended the Next Big Thing panel. Um, and what is the next big thing? The next big thing is Jonathan Hickman's return to the X-Men. Yeah. He is going to... I he... did really like his Avengers run. So you know he's going to do something epic with the X-Men. There's no doubt. Yes, there are going to be two titles, and you have to get both to get the full story. Oh, of well, course. One of is... course! <laughs> but so, the one is House of X, and the other is Powers of Ten. Yeah, see, what, weren't they, aren't they likely to be, I think it's like either bi-weekly for like five weeks or something, so you get uh, both well, an issue of Powers of X and House of X for like a week, for six weeks or something. I can't remember how what it was. Maybe you can correct me on that one, but... I do not know. Yeah, I, I know the, I know the release is a bit odd, but it's kind of, I'm really excited for it, but I don't think it's going to last very long. Um, because the suggestion is it's literally like a like a twelve issue series for six between the two. Maybe it's longer. Hopefully it's longer. Hickman is great. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that they go in a slightly different direction to uh, current X Men. Um. Which I'm sure that Sarah is going to appreciate us talking about, because she doesn't particularly like the. Uh, the yes, as much. I I don't. I, well, we all are well aware of this at this point that I have issues. Yeah. With the X Men, and so that said, you would be um, happy that I did pick up the first issue of Extremist because I like Leah Williams. I've heard that. Uh, I am enjoying Extremists. I'm I'm kind of angry that she's make made me like the Blob. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't know. I've only kind of skimmed the first issue. I bought it because I like her and I want to support her, but I have not read it. See, my my whole problem with the whole Age of X Men thing, and uh, it's I, an AU, isn't it? it? It is, but it was the fact that yeah. the setup was like ten issues long to get to a point where it's like, oh, I've changed reality again. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> it's just kind of like, well. Why was it necessary for me to go through literally ten books? It's like I think I think Age of Apocalypse is the only thing I can kind of compare it to, which was set up in I think in Legion Quest I think, which was like four issues long, and then it went down the rabbit hole of hey, it's a massive AU of every single title ever um, <clears throat> feeding into it. So yeah, I I, I have um, mixed feelings about Age of X Men at the moment. Well, I guess a lot of people have not been happy with the X-Men at the moment from what it's been sounding like. Yeah. Some people, no, that's not true. I see some people are really loving it, but others are not as much. So I don't, it's just what I'm seeing as like side conversations on the Twitters. And it really wasn't clear from the panel what happens to the current X-Men titles when these Sigmund books come out. Yeah, which mm. kind of suggests to me that either they're getting a big reboot because why would you have two quite, you know, the basically the big one of the biggest name in comics at the moment writing a book when he's not writing it kind of solo, or he's not writing the main story for the main X Men, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Although, again, I mean, House of X and Powers of X seems to be a a collection of AUs and um, <clears throat> Marvel history essentially because you've got like several in the the promo images anyway you've got like several versions of wolverine a couple of versions of storm uh, i think bloodstorm was on it wasn't she i'm not sure but 
which, you know, she died back in X-Men Blue, I think. Yeah, there's quite a bit on the uh, uh, poster. Yeah. That doesn't make sense in the current continuity. Yeah, that's the thing. So is it going to be like, is it going to be like... um, There's some from the future, there's old versions of characters, there's multiple Wolverines... Is it is it a, is it going to be so, or is it going to be something like Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez's like history of the Marvel universe, but it's going to be X Men? Well, potentially. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess with um, like you know, if you want to tie it into almost into the films and that kind of stuff, you know, you've got Endgame coming out, which has got a high, quite a high uh, leaning onto like um, like time travel and that kind of stuff. We know that. So whether House of X, Powers of Ten are going to be picking up on that, I don't know. But Or is it going to be a reboot because now Disney owns the X-Men and they're just going to reboot the whole thing? Maybe. Yeah, that, that that's actually a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, yeah, I don't know what you think, Lynn. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'll find out. But speaking of Wade and Javier Rodriguez is a Marvel history book. I'm excited about that because that book is going to be freaking beautiful. I cannot wait. I will sing the praises of Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez every single day. I love them. They're my favorite. Well, the, the only thing I am slightly disappointed by is the fact that he's he's not drawing any Inhumans books. Yeah. Yeah, the lack of Inhumans titles is depressing. I would like at least one. Just one. I would yeah. be okay with. Yeah. Just one little core Inhumans book, like all new Inhumans was, because I would pay to have James Asmus write Crystal again. You have no idea. I was so on board for where he was going with with Crystal in All New Inhumans, and then it stopped, and I just I just want that back. So I would just be happy if if anyone from Marvel is listening to this, one, just one core Inhumans book. I don't just one. Just just one. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think um, you know even if it's digital only, because I will buy it digitally. I will oh, go into my no. little Marvel app and I will buy it. No, I no, will no not digital only. No. Come okay, on. fine, not digital. Print. That's because I hate Print. the digital only thing. It's horrible. <laughs> so I, I, I see. I, I probably sound like a massive hypocrite when I say because I, I think I've said before in the podcast where I buy the physical stuff and then I redeem the comic so I can read it in the app. Um, and I don't know how much of a hypocrite that makes me sound, but but the but the problem I have is that if you buy digitally, you never truly own something. So they can they can just withdraw it whenever they want to. Okay, which, I can I can see that point. Yeah, which is why I prefer buying physical and then reading digital. It's just like it just means that I own well, it and I physically have it in my hands. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I can get that. Yeah. I usually get the digital and then I get the trade paperback. So that's. Um, but I I buy the single issues for my friend's daughter. That's uh, uh, you see. I'm glad. I'm glad we've got you on board You're... because um, that's that's pretty much what Doc did. Um, yeah. He he would buy the, the monthly ones and then give it to like his nieces his... and nephews and stuff. And yeah. You know, I I appreciate that, and I think that's a a really good way of doing it. But well, that's how you get more comic fans for the future. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's already working on her second long box. Good for <laughs> her. Jeez. <laughs> you're wow. you're a good Auntie Lynn. I am. <laughs> okay. I'm sure her parents don't appreciate all the uh, comics piling up, though. 
Is it encouraging her to read and to think? Yes, they should Absolutely. not mind. Exactly. Because I, I have been known to go back and read my comics. Like, I have gone and reread the whole Kelly Thompson three issues so far run of Captain Marvel like six times because I can't get enough of it. I so. need to read that once. It's really good, and you need to read it. See, and if you don't with Carol and Jessica by the end of the first issue, I don't know what to tell you because they are like the most amazing dynamic duo in comics. So I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this this to kind of both of you, and I, I have a real love hate relationship with Kelly Thompson's writing. I know you do, but I think you, she gets Carol. She 100 percent gets Carol. But it's just, just it. a, it's just the it just feels like a soap opera, and I don't want to read a soap opera. <laughs> It's not a soap opera. Uh, Captain Marvel. I know. I promise. It was just just that first issue really put me off. But aren't all comics really a soap opera? Yeah, basically. With more punching? You see, see, the thing is, is I I don't disagree, but I I think it's just the style of writing I don't get. Like, like you know, I think think the best comparison I can make was the one I made to um, a couple of other podcasting guys I know, which was um, I was reading Jeff Lemire's uh, Moon Knight and um, it was just very to the point and it was very like, you know, there wasn't a lot of like back and forth in there. See, that's what I like. What, the back and forth? The back and forth. Uh, I I, I just think get to the point. It's just like, you know, (laughs) you know. I love that stuff, especially when it's Carol and Jessica. I I can't stand it. I'm sorry. I just think. Then I don't know what to tell you. This is what (laughs) I've been reading. Like I I read the Infinity Gauntlet the other day, and I was just like, I I love this because it's just duh, 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 and then you know stuff happens, and it's like, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Okay. Well, then everyone has a writer they like and don't like, so that's all right. So um, going back to our cons. Anything else from C2E2 you would like to share? Did you see any Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur cosplays? Because those are always good. I did not. There were <sighs> no Inhumans cosplays whatsoever. That's depressing. Actually, it was it was pretty dire if you were an Inhumans fan. That's not good. I, you, that's... you need to come to NYCC because there's always like three or four or five like Moon Girl and Double Dinosaurs cosplays. And we've got our... Um, Listener Wolf Warner, his family does a family Moon Girl cosplay every year. I missed them last year and it made me sad. But um, there was also oh, one yeah. year, there was also one year like the dad was like in the one of the inflatable T Rexes, and then he had like a little like three year old daughter on one of the little kid leashes so that they didn't like wander away. And it was the best. I saw them. I saw yeah. them They're so cute. That was, was one that um, uh, Brandon Montclair shared on Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, on our last yeah. uh, last episode when he came on. Yeah, oh. it was the best. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you know, you know, just just as like a small aside, really, it, I, I love the fact that characters that have only really existed for like less than you know less than a decade are kind of making it into everybody's or, or teams cosplay? and yeah, cosplay just just like the public kind of um, realm. You if you know what I mean, because it's, it's like Nella Lafayette. Uh, I cannot uh, love her. She's amazing. Well, I mean, it's like up until just over a decade ago. Like comic books were really, you know, probably a lot more niche than they are now. Oh yeah. And uh, it's just really great to see, like, like Carol didn't become Captain Marvel until 2014. Guardians 12. didn't become uh, 2012, even sorry. Uh, the the current Guardians team didn't become a team until like 2008, I want to say. You know, it's kind of like that that kind of stuff. It's it's the fact they're taking modern 
books and they're turning in turning them into really really great movies so yes try to get in there. um so uh so C2E2 was last week um and then this past weekend is WonderCon and yesterday was the Agents of Shield panel um apparently WonderCon has posted the panel um online um but it sounds like they showed the premiere um Ooh. and I haven't heard much about it um I will tell you this. Whenever Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes to a con, you are bound to get content of some sort that has not been screened yet. So, um, and it's usually in a full episode, and that cast is amazing. And if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you should be. Um, so they just had recently had the teaser, which was very Last Supper. To me, it, it looked like Last Supper, but it also reminded me of a Las Vegas craps table. So <laughs> take it what you will. <laughs> They're just gambl- so, gambling on the Bible. That's exactly what I'm saying. So um, there were a couple of uh, Easter eggs in that. Uh, if you um, see, Mac has a toolbox that uh, was bequeathed to Coulson from Fury. So now Mac has it. Um, the show is premiering um, in May after Endgame comes out. But what is intriguing to me is that um, when the Endgame trailer dropped a couple weeks ago, ABC actually tweeted the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Twitter and said, hey, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how are you holding up? And their response was quaking. So I'm wondering, um, based on everything that I've seen in interactions with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, website and also, you know, things that Jeffrey Colo, who's one of the special effects people and is totally awesome, on Twitter has been posting, um, I can't help but wonder if they're going to be tying in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. more than ever to the MCU, kind of like they did at the end of Season 1 with Winter Soldier. So, so I have a feeling that they might be going back in that direction, and if they are, I am so here for it. We we already have a Season 7, so yeah. And then we can all go, hashtag, it's all connected. Exactly. For, for the and first time right. in five years. Right? So, I, watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Lynn and I will be live tweeting it, I think. Lynn? Yep. Try together. So, <laughs> we'll try. You can follow our individual Twitters. Uh, we will be live tweeting. It'll be fun. If you haven't done a lot, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. live tweet, you should because okay. the cast will live tweet as well, and that just makes it even better. I, I will probably uh, not be live tweeting because I live in the UK and we don't get anything until about the year later. So I'm so sorry for you. <clears throat> yeah, give it. It's about six weeks because you know you have that mid season break. Yeah, it's only 13 episodes this season, though, so it's oh, not okay. going to be too bad. Uh, yeah, might not, might, might not. Yeah, sorry, might not be as long to wait then. No, I don't think it will be. Um, so, yeah. Season 6, May. So, I don't so, have the date. So they've they announced Season 7, but se- yes. Season 7 is definitely going to be the final series now. I like, don't know if it's final. Because they haven't I, said it's the final season. I, they well, just I, said I, that there is going to be a Season 7, but no I, one's ever said it's the final season. I was going to say, I thought they were... Because uh, I thought uh, Season 6 was the final season. Well, here's what happened. They thought Season 5, when they filmed the last episode of Season 5, they didn't realize... They didn't know when they filmed it, if it would be the last episode or not. Yeah. Um, and then it got enough views. And here's what ABC said upon renewing season six was they said, agents of shield has a very vocal and passionate fan base. And that it's a steady fan base. So even though, you know, maybe the live viewings aren't that high, 
it has remained very, very consistent. It hasn't like gotten lower and lower each season. It's stayed the same. Yeah, I, I so, think um, I think also that ABC and I think a lot of network channels and you know TV channels here in the UK as well. They're trying to kind of like trying to get on the whole online, right? Um, because online that's stuff the as well. thing. Agents of Shield's um, uh, streaming numbers, um, usually like the day after when they get on Hulu, um, has been really good. Yeah. So a lot of people, if they're not watching it live, they're definitely watching it like the next day or two after or the following weekend. So Agents of Shield um, does really good numbers there. So, um, and I guess they were feeling so good about season six that they said, yeah, you know, let's just give it a season seven. So we definitely have a season seven too. And that is awesome. Yeah. That's really good. And if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, when I say it's literally one of the best shows on television, I'm, I'm not lying. They go way out there and be crazy and shit, but they're so much, it's so good. It's always good. Even if it's like batshit crazy, it's always good. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were like batshit crazy. Like, like uh, okay, so the last time I actually watched um, Agents of Shield was uh, the Ghost Rider arc, and that was that was probably my he's... favorite arc. He's oh that that a little, a little bit of that came back to play in the final season and season five. Just saying. Yeah, I might have to do that then. So I, I have got them all. I've got them all on Blu-ray. It's just haven't watched them. You need to watch them. I will. I will. The only thing they need to do is they need to bring back Bobby and Hunter. Yeah. Absolutely. Whilst that was really, it was quite a nice sort of, you know, goodbye and all that kind of stuff. Then their TV show that they were originally going to do got cancelled before it ever started. Yeah, they should have been brought back. Yeah. Well, we had, we did have, we did have Hunter in one episode in season five. So he was there. So we had Hunter come back and he did mention Bobby. So there is that. We know Bobby's good. Um, but so yeah. on my list is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. rewatch everything from 2014 to now. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that too, actually. <laughs> so, um, comics. Yeah, getting into our comics now. So, uh, let's see, what do we got? Um, there is a new Marvel Rising comic out. Unfortunately, um, I have not had a chance to read it, but it is out. Um, and we'll talk about that in the next episode as well as fantastic four um yeah so just, just quick I, I did i did catch up on fantastic four today and it's kind of it is a good a, quite a good um arc at the moment it's the herald of doom arc um and again i don't know if you guys have been reading it but i'm so far behind it yeah it's it's really good um okay. you've got galactus dr doom dr doom's back in his you know not a hero phase uh <laughs> He's really not a hero anymore. He literally <laughs> definitely not. So just just to give just to give a brief summary because I just wanted to mention it because I I did catch up with him today. Uh, he's basically hooked uh, Galactus up to basically the power grid of Latveria. Oh shit! It's, it's just how did he do that? It's freaking Galactus. Yeah, I know. It's it's just the weirdest stuff, but it is so good. It's just. I, no. I, I have to, yeah, I have to catch up because that's some bullshit. And um, also, Dan Slot, if you're listening to us, yeah, come on get the show. Inhumans. And come on the show. Come on the show and talk to us because <laughs> I need some Inhumans with my Fantastic Four because if they're not going to do a, at least one little solo, then they need to come into the Fantastic Four because reasons. Oh, they're a huge part of the Fantastic Four exactly. story anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So we need some Inhumans. I need some Crystal. And honestly, I really, really need a team up between Lunella and Valeria. 
I do. <laughs> that would be actually really cool. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That would, yeah, that would be so much fun. Right? And just have Devil Dinosaur in the background somewhere. Exactly. It needs to happen. So, so, uh, so what book should we go through first? Uh, let's do Miss Marvel. Um, G. Willow Wilson um, recently wrapped up her awesome ten yep. issue volume, ten uh, volume she had, ten trade t- paperback I, volume. I think, I think it's ten or uh, well, it might even be eleven. I don't know, but it's yeah, a lot. it's a massive amount, and um, and obviously she's she's now left Miss Marvel, which is a real, real shame, don't you know. And she's on Wonder Woman for DC, which has been apparently a very good book. Yeah. So she's on Wonder Woman and she's also doing Invisible Kingdom for is it is it Image? I think it's Dark Horse. Dark, Dark Horse, yeah. Uh, so we, we are also going to review that one later on in the show because um, how could we not? <laughs> it's like, it's so good. It's got Christian Ward on it as well, which is just like two of the, the best kind of Inhumans creators of recent times. It's, you know, but um, but yeah, Saladin, uh, Saladin Ahmed uh, took over on uh, and, and released Magnificent Miss Marvel. Um, and you know she's made it because now she's got what's an adjective in front of her name, Magnificent. Yes, yeah, and that's so now thing. you know she now you know she's made it. So um, so basically, uh, it was, you know, it's been drawn by uh, drawn by who is it drawn by pencil by, and I'm going to absolutely butcher this name. I'm sorry. Uh, is it Minkyu Jung? Just if anybody wants to correct me, please do, because I feel uh, like I've just butchered it. Um, inked by Juan Vlasco, color artist is Ian Herring, who is the only remaining member uh, pulled across from the original, sort of the original series, all you know, five years of Miss Marvel. Um, so it kind of starts off quite well. Which is uh, it, it's quite it interesting. Really does. Yeah, it's quite an interesting start because it starts off as on another world in the distant future, kind of. Which like... actually, I think that's the world that was hinted at in um, the Singularity episode uh, episodes <laughs> uh, issues that that um, uh, the issues that Singularity popped up in yeah. in Miss Marvel. I think it's the same world. Yeah, so it starts because it's quite um, it's got quite a Middle Eastern sort of feel to it. Um, if that's the right right description, um, so basically it starts off with a conversation between a father and his child, and um, essentially the father's telling a story about the destined one, which then cuts to quite a nice little scene with Miss Marvel trying to um, take uh, basically battling a, a villain called Deathbringer. Um, she saves the day, as you can imagine, and which is quite and then it's quite amusing, like kind of little uh, chat between her and a shop uh, shopkeeper, which basically basically says. Uh, no, no, no! Before that, there was like a oh yeah, 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 uh, like to right, and fro right, between right. her and a, a shopkeeper that basically says, "Oh, you've destroyed my shop front," and she's like, "Well, I was going to go get clean up, uh, clean up crew, but you just had to yell at me," and that that made me laugh quite a lot. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I, I I think that Saladin has definitely opened this book really well. Um, oh, he's the only person that could have taken over this book, honestly. Yeah, truthfully, definitely. like yeah. he he he's the only one um that could have taken yeah. over this book. Um. And then, yeah, like you said, she goes and has a meet. Like she meets up with her friend uh, Nakia, um, and for some reason, they've never discussed how she became Miss Marvel, which I found kind of bizarre. But it's quite a nice touch because it, it hasn't really been dealt with, you know, on panel. She hasn't mentioned the Terrigen Mist to her friends before, or at least to Nakia. Uh, Nakia uh, is it Nakia? Nakia? 
I don't know how to pronounce that very well, but. But, but it's also a nice introduction for a new reader for Magnificent Mar- Ms. Marvel number one. That's true. It is. I hadn't thought of that. That's uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so it kind of just goes through how she became Miss Marvel, how the Terrigen Mists happened. You know, I have to admit, I've got like the whole first uh, big hardback of Ms. Marvel, and um, I haven't actually read it yet. So, <laughs> so even for me, it was quite nice to kind of see that brought up on panel. Um, and it was honestly, that's exactly what he did in this issue. It's an introductory issue oh, because yeah. it 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 if, if you're a new reader to Miss Marvel, it's a great place to start because he does. That's basically what he's doing. And the whole issue is actually the dad telling his daughter a story about her. But what we're seeing um, is we see how it, it basically goes into who Miss Marvel is and what she's been up to. Yep. Um, and then we find out uh, her mom has told her father about her yeah. identity. And this brings up Friction. some issues. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so obviously, you know, they, they kind of have a bit of an argument, um, which, you know, their parents understandably don't want Kamala to be, to keep carrying on being Miss Marvel, um, which, you know, as a parent, I'm sure they have complete sort of complete justification for because they don't want to see their their child hurt, which is, you know, in my opinion, it's justified. Um, but then she uh, she ends up running off to the um, uh, to some shop where... Um, I've forgotten who it is now. Bruno. 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 Yeah, that's the one. Where Bruno is uh, working and he says that there's some weird aliens or alien monsters, whatever you want to call them. Miss um, Marvel kind of takes them out and they turn into like a weird blue goo, which is... Uh... Can I just talk about the Wolfman? Because can I just talk about the freaking art on that Wolfman? Because yeah. it is awesome. I mean, the book really does carry over the art style from the original series, um, and it really works. But that Wolfman is freaking badass. I just wanted to tell you that because <laughs> I think he's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so basically, Bruno then says, I've got this device that kind of tracks them, some weird alien stuff. And they see that there's kind of like a reading that comes from uh, Kamala's house. So understandably, she goes back and this kind of like where the the comic kind of tonally sort of shifts um instead of being quite the, the bright comic that it was it turns into a really dark sort of blue really dark colors and that kind of stuff and uh her parents end up turning into this really blue goo and that's kind of like the dun 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 moment um and uh it seems like uh saladin is going to take uh kamala miss marvel on a bit of a cosmic journey according to the um according to like the splash page for the next issue because uh, there's like a, a spaceship in the sky trying to suck her up into into space, so which which should be really cool. And I I, I kind of I really want to see a, a cosmic story featuring uh, Kamala. I don't know about you guys. I think it's going to be interesting. I I have to say I have not um, followed Miss Marvel as closely as I should have, but um, I'm going to be jumping on board now with um, Saladin writing. Um, I think he. And I, we've already said it before, and I just said it five minutes ago, but I'm going to say it again. Um, he's the only one who could have picked up this book after Miss um, Wilson. And um, he gets... He, he gets her so much. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think... Um, you know, and I think he said on Twitter that he is going to... Um, he He's going to be very rough 
on her. Like it's going to be a rough <laughs> journey for Miss Marvel in this first arc because here it is, is she was kind of a, a brat to her parents and then she comes home and her parents aren't there. And how crappy is that, that the last thing you say to your parents is something horrible and then you find out well, they're it, not really there. It is, but you can kind of see it from her perspective as well. She's got like these oh, powers absolutely. and she's got these powers and she kind of really wants to help people. And, you know, it's just like every other hero out there. It's kind of right. They, they feel the great powers comes great responsibility. Yeah. How can she not? And it's like you said, I think Saladin just gets he, he gets that and he gets it a lot. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's such a superb writer. And I really cannot wait for the next 50 issues. You know, I, I really do hope that it goes another fifty at least, because oh, it will. Um, oh yeah, you know, uh, she's Marvel. such a, she's she's such a she's such a good character as well, and she's such an interesting character. But I just can't wait to see if if she ends up in space. That's my, uh, you know, that's my kind of takeaway from it. I just want to see Kamala Khan in space. Um, I think it's pretty much a given. I hope we get Singularity back too, because yeah, that'd be good fun. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen the solicitations, she she is in space. Yeah, I have not actually been paying to attention to the solicitation so okay yeah. i'll leave it no spoilers no i like spoilers <laughs> so please you can spoil me later because i like it so it's fine um if she's in space that's awesome he does mention the cree in the letters page too um oh, good old cree. at the end of the issue so but i mean so so what i did pick up on is that he's um you know it's something that he did on black bolt which is that he's picking up on like the family vibe Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of doing what he did with Black Bolt, which is, I mean, if if you if you can kind of take it from the solicitations, she's going to be on her own in space, kind of wanting to save her family, I guess. Which is kind of similar to what he did with Black Bolt, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like, this is the first Miss Marvel book that I've actually picked up in physical every month, um, whereas the last one I kind of got it digitally, and then I got it in trade, so. Really look forward to it. Yeah, I honestly can't can't wait to see her parents in space. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a uh, you know it, it's um because they've never really participated in any of the adventures. They were always at home. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. now they're not. So that's going to be a trip and a half. Um, you just recently met Saladin, haven't? Didn't you at a comic book signing? I did. I, I took my friend's daughter to a signing of Magnificent Ms. Marvel number one. And- that's really cool. Yeah. It was it was pretty cool. She uh she brought her beat up copy of Black Bolt number one. The uh, awesome. to her father's horror. <laughs> no, I why? Think, I think, I think we, I'm um... like no, I'm like guys, that's, those are the ones that everybody likes to sign because they've been loved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and read that. over and over. You know, it's it's torn and bent and rolled up. And it's got a water stain on it. That is, that's yeah. awesome. I was gonna say. I mean, I think everybody's a bit like clinical with their comic books these days like it's just like me personally is get it redeem it bag and board it although i haven't been as stringent recently um but yeah most people is just that kind of... picture that you posted on twitter hurt me even though my pile looks very similar it's not that big i was gonna say that's that's only <laughs> that's that's basically from december till now Damn. Yeah. I really fell off the comic bandwagon. I'm just starting to get back into it. I, I just have a disposable income too much, really. I should, like, no. do something, like, invest or something. Stupid no, I think comics are a healthy habit. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, tell my family that. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Um... <laughs> I will tell your family that. Put them on. 
But um, better you well, I will say that punks too. and other things. But go ahead. I was just going to say that's the one great thing about being married to another comic geek is that there is nobody to check your purchases. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do, do I need this omnibus? I think you need both of those omnibus. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. See, so, yeah, I, I think I think I've said this to you before, but that is like just absolute like relationship goals. That is <laughs> right. Oh dear. That's um. But yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's not really an awful lot more we can say about uh, Miss Marvel. But one thing I will say is actually kind of like i think a stroke of genius bringing uh ian herring uh, oh absolutely on, onto this book because he's kind of he's kind of kept it the same but it's different if he's you know what I mean. so familiar with the character see here's the thing with colorist um colorist has to adapt to um who their artist is yeah. but by bringing ian herring on he's familiar with the character and the tones her book usually takes but then he can also adapt those tones that he knows works for kamala and adapt them to the art style of the artist he's working with and um he does a really excellent job um in doing that here um so yeah kudos we're glad to have you back ian herring um the artist the artwork on this issue is amazing i just love it and that's why i got into comic books in the first place is the art so um if you're reading this book take your time to look at the art it is so consistent with the um previous issues of miss marvel it's not even funny um they've done an excellent job um she's in good hands guys so yeah. i mean in my opinion i i wouldn't have even reset it to an issue zero i sh- I, I think it should have carried on but you know, we won't get into that conversation now, I don't think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, well, it does have the legacy numbering on it. It says number one, but it says legacy number 58. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. So it does have the legacy numbering on it. So, um, yeah. That's, yeah, I appreciate those legacy numbers. They're really... Um... It took three issues to have Captain Marvel have legacy numbers. Wow. On okay. her comics. Yeah, issue three finally had the legacy numbering. So, um, I appreciate the legacy numbering. I would like to see a Spider-Woman issue come out and see what her legacy numbering would be. Yeah. That'd be good, actually. Yeah, probably. She's close to 100, if not past it. I'd say say past it. I mean, you know, the amount of, like... um... I'm just counting Jessica Drew, because I'm not counting Maddie or Julia. Oh, no, I'm I'm counting all the stuff that's been, like, um, you know, like the... the, Not the one-shots, but the limited series and that kind of stuff. I'm thinking what she's had there. Yeah, she's, she's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur wrapped up the Bad Dream arc. They um, did. And Natasha Bustos, once again, and Tamara Bond villain. Always nailing it every issue. I swear to God, this book was so good. I loved this whole arc. Um, bringing Doctor Strange in. Um, let's see. I'm going to grab my issue here because I don't have it. I see, I think uh, I think Lynn did like a, uh, an overall review of it. So do you want to oh, take that away? You? Okay. Um, it's been a while since you recorded, so we have the whole Bad Dream story arc to talk about. Yes, yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Which uh, answers the age-old question, how many gallons of warm milk does it take to get a T-Rex to go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's 445 gallons. Wow. Yes, <laughs> and also, um, I would like to know what kind of material they used to put him in a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> how indestructible that teddy bear truly is. Oh, God. Uh, but, uh, Unstable molecules were probably involved. That's why I love this book. I I mean, you know, we we talk about um, we talk about this book month on month. I know we haven't spoken about it since like November last year, but it's just the the fact that anybody can pick up this book and just get so much fun out of it. 
Yes. I, I love that. And Natasha Bustos, this arc has really kind of let her fly with the weird stuff. Like the this the one with the um the um girl moon was also great, but yeah. this bad dream arc really let her fly with some weird stuff. And it's like it's like he he <laughs> it's so similar like to Javier Rodriguez's art and like the weird stuff, but definitely. Toned it's a, it's down a, a little yeah, bit, it's, it's more it's, cartoony, but it's so good. Definitely. So, kudos. I'm waiting for and um, unicorn devil dinosaur with wings. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, anyway, sorry, Lynn. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so it's a four issue story arc, and all the residents of Yancey Street are having their sleep ruined by nightmares. And in her dreams, Lunella encounters the source of the disturbance, which is bad dream. A little boy who was kidnapped by Nightmare as a baby and somehow physically transported to the dream dimension. And he kind of bears more than a passing resemblance to Max from Where the Wild Things Are, dressed up Oh my god! That's it! I'm sitting there looking at him going, where have I seen this before? (laughs) Holy shit! Thank you! He's definitely Where the Wild Things Are. Yes! And... He doesn't belong there, so he is attempting to escape the dream dimension by harvesting the psionic energy from the nightmares he causes to create a portal to the waking world. And maybe because he's real, he the dreams, bad dreams he creates are able to manifest themselves in the waking world. And this attracts the attention of Sleepwalker, who takes Lunella to Doctor Strange for help. And together, all three of them enter the dream dimension to confront bad dream and nightmare. The classic Doctor Strange villain. And although Nightmare is impressed with what Bad Dream has able to do, he's really not too interested in going to the waking world where he doesn't have any powers. He'd rather use Bad Dream's ability to trap our heroes in the dream dimension. Lunella is eventually able to get Bad Dream away from Nightmare long enough for him to transport himself, Lunella, Doctor Strange, and Sleepwalker back home. And our story ends with Lunella Dumping bad dream on his very surprised parents' doorstep. Surprised and probably relieved. Well, yeah. After, and he was he was taken as a baby, and she's kind of dumping a nine-year-old <laughs> on the doorstep. So, yeah, that's a bit. <laughs> there's you know, be some explaining to do. Yeah, I, I am actually your son. I promise. You know. Yes. Like, but uh, yeah, it's like, sorry, yeah. Sorry, Moon Girl has been has been great from issue. It's like Miss Marvel, isn't it? It's it's. It's such a fun book that you kind of you just you just can't stop reading. Really, that's what I find. Anyway, again, it's it's one of the books where I get in digital and then uh, get the trade paperback later in the month, uh, you know, later in the year. So, oh, no, I don't. And Lunell and Doctor Strange are just so good together. Yeah, yeah they are. They're fun. Oh, his... They've they've teamed up a few times now, and yeah, his yeah, boring they're... medical school stories putting her to sleep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and just to banter because she's just like downright like rude to him. <laughs> and he's Your like, mumbo jumbo. And, and he just kind of like tells her how it is. And it's just kind of, yeah, that's, a, it's a team up that I really like. And it's a lot of fun because they never, the two of them never disappoint. I think of all the team ups, I really think Dr. Strange and Lunella are my favorite. Uh, yeah. I, I still think that um, it's kind of like what Brandon Montclair suggested uh, on our last episode. It's like a Moon Girl team-up book. 
That's, that's that's literally what we need. We need we need this book, obviously, and then a team up book to go alongside it. Just like every wow. issue, like you know, Moon Girl, and I don't know. Well, we get Spider Man in the next issue. Yeah, that sounds fun. She is getting her Marvel team up with Spider Man, so that's going to be. Yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> for some I'm, reason. I'm point out what? For some reason I hadn't noticed that was Spider Man's head, and I do not know why. <laughs> like it just been sat on my screen for like the last half an hour, and it's been like, hey, it's just it's Moon Girl on some funky shoes, and then yeah, I never noticed Spider Man there. So that's um, I think I need to get my sight checked. That's probably the most uh, <laughs> biggest. Um, I do want to, I do want to point out the last page, um, because this was issue number forty one, forty one. Yeah, shit, we're almost near 50 with Moon Girl. That's awesome. Um, her last page points out her family. So you've got the got the Yancey Street gang from uh, Devil Dinosaurs uh, Homeworld. Yeah, way back when. You've got the Doombot head and uh, Moonbot 7. I, can I just say that I love the Doombot head? Oh. oh it, it, you, on a drone. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Johnny and Ben and uh, Girl Moon. And so, so sorry, just just uh, just to stop you there, because I on, on catching up with uh, Fantastic Four, um, they actually mentioned the issues where they crossed over with Moon Girl, and I thought oh, that, yeah? was the, that was the nicest kind of like little touch because they basically because they were capturing Galactus. I think it was like issue seven, maybe. Um, and they captured Galactus, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm turning him gold, so he's the life giver." And then uh, Ben and uh, Johnny were like, "Hey, yeah, we we fought him when he was gold before. We we met up with Moon Girl on Nancy Street." And I was like, ah, "That's quite nice. I I do really enjoy it when that happens." Yeah, that's awesome. So kudos, Dan Slot. You just made my day. <laughs> that's awesome. I I really need to get on Fantastic Four, and I haven't, and I really need to. Um, and then we've got Kid Cree and uh, Zoe and Eduardo and her parents on that last page, which is a pretty good nod to all the previous arcs um, of Moon Girl that we have had. So that's pretty neat. And I, w- I would like to see more of Kid Cree. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, I love that little stinker. Yeah, I like him too. I, I think we need, like, Lunel's, like, getting her own little gang up here. So she's got, like, Kid Cree and she's got um, Bad Dream and Devil Dinosaur, so she's like making her own little like Young Avengers team here. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That would be really good fun, actually. Wouldn't it? It needs to happen. But, um, yeah, Moon Girl continues to be one of my most favorite Marvel comics ever. Read it. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, we're all a lot older than, you know, the the I think the main readership um, it's an all ages book, so it, it, it doesn't is. matter how yeah, old you don't are. Don't get me wrong; that's, that's that's what I was. You know, there's was layers. It's exactly, yeah, and it's kind of like you know, there's stuff there for everyone. You know, I, I had to admit, I hadn't, I'd only had to catch up on this this arc, but you know, the last one was the Save Our School arc, and it was kind of you've got a lot of a lot of kind of like themes in there that you'd only pick up if you were you know an adult, whereas you know a lot of kids would wouldn't pick up on it, and I thought that's actually really really well written i'm just saying moonbot seven's existential crisis that's got to be an arc in the future it's got to be it has to it's been touched on so many times now yeah right like come on moonbot seven needs some love (laughs) she wants to be a real girl (laughs) but um i was going to touch on something else kind of like just to just just because um 
talking about Cree, uh, we, we, we never mentioned that the Captain Marvel movie came out recently. We didn't. No. And uh, I just wanted to ask you both if you enjoyed it. I have seen that movie three times in the theaters, and I am probably going to go see it again for a fourth time this evening after we're done recording. <laughs> I've only seen it twice, but I'm, gonna, I'm working on my third time. So I've I've only seen it twice after a um a really mismanaged cinema trip. Um so yeah, my second time I decided to go to the local cinema and uh, I get there thinking, oh I won't have to book tickets. Um and they decided to put it in their small theatre that seats like thirty people and there was only one ticket left for two people, so um had to go oh. somewhere else. That was fun. Oh our tickets are single. Yeah, no, I, yeah, they, 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 there was, as in, there was only one ticket left and there was two of us, so. Oh. Yeah. But, I mean, I. That's I, why you always get your tickets in advance. Well, yeah. But Fandango. I, I'm just, well, we, we, I don't think we use Fandango in the UK. We just go through the separate ticket, you know, websites like Odeon and Cineworld and all that sort of stuff, so. Yeah. If you haven't seen Captain Marvel, you need to go see it. Yes, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. On the first one, I found it very cookie cutter. <laughs> Don't crucify me for saying that. Um, but the second viewing made it a lot better because I kind of knew what was happening a bit more. Um, what I loved about it is how well, like, out of any of the Marvel movies, I feel like this one really took the most from the comics, but yet still made it its own. I know they used Kelly Sue DeConnick as a consultant on the film, on the set. She was in it too. Yeah. She was. Um, yeah, it was really good. And, um, I had friends, like I've had my Miss Marvel icon up on Facebook for, or my Captain Marvel icon up on Facebook forever. Yep. And, um, I had a friend that likes the Marvel movie. She's a really big fan of, uh, Loki. And she came out of, I don't think she doesn't read the comics as far as I know, but she, um, she came to me after the movie and she goes, holy shit, that whole movie is my entire mood. It's my new favorite <laughs> Marvel movie. And I said, yes! So, um... If you are a woman and that movie, if you... I, at least I feel this way. If you are a woman and you are watching Captain Marvel and you cannot relate to this movie in, like, multiple ways, I'm very sorry. So, um, I had this, I had this conversation with Lynn outside of, like, you know, Basically, I went the second time with a friend of mine that I'd known for, you know, for his whole life. He's 24 years old, known him, known, known him for his whole life. And uh, he came out and he overheard a couple of girls behind us and they say, as a woman, they, they said, as a woman, they were, you know, they were so empowered by it and that kind of stuff. And uh, and then we had a whole conversation about, um, you know, getting inspiration from uh, uh fictional characters and it went down a road that I didn't realize existed and uh yeah put it this way Captain Marvel decided to um not, she did not obviously personally decide to but she kind of brought up an entire conversation about equality and um uh that kind of stuff it was very interesting to see what people's reactions were um yeah he's not a feminist put it that way Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it, it kind of, it, and, and obviously I didn't really want to, I don't want to delve into it too much, but it was just, it, my reaction was, you know, of course they should feel empowered. It's a really good movie about a really strong, independent woman. But his was, how can you get inspiration from a fictional character? And I was very, very confused by that because 
how don't you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Has he not watched Spider-Man? Yeah. Um, he probably has. I think I've taken him to every single Marvel movie since mm-hmm. about Age of Ultron. So it's. Uh... I'm very sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those it, it was one of those situations where like I could completely see where the guys behind me were coming from, and I love that. And then to hear like the complete opposite from the the person you've known for your entire life was like, wow, okay. Like like I'll I admit like I'll go into some movies and I don't get as much of a high like like I'll come out of an Avengers movie. I came out of Avengers Infinity War last year everyone else was depressed but i was so excited by the captain marvel teaser at the end yeah so was i that like i was pumped at the end of that movie and my roommate was like you're nuts i don't understand i'm like you will and um (laughs) and then captain marvel i was just loved from start to finish enough that i saw it twice in the same weekend and then uh, i saw it again a week later and i missed last weekend so i need to see it this weekend (laughs) go get your average up no, I do because I love that movie. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna... I saw the big... my mom to see it because I know she's gonna love it. Yeah, and, I and just... that's the thing. I, I, I think I, you know, my friend's problem aside, I think that I think it's just it is a great movie, and I think you, you, whoever you are, you'll enjoy it. Hopefully, yeah. Um, there know. are a lot it's of guys. Only for the cat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's so oh. good. But. God. There are, there are a lot of guys I work with who don't read comics, and it was great the weekend, you know, the Monday after it came out to have them all showing up in my cube because they wanted to talk about it because <laughs> they had no idea who she was going into it. And one of them was just, oh, my God, that was the best origin story out of all the Marvel movies. She's so cool. She belly flopped through a ship. I was about to say, I, I, do you know, my, my favorite bit actually was right at the end when she goes up to Yon Rog and he's like, oh, show me your. You I know. have nothing to yeah, prove. Exactly. And I, I think, I yes. think regardless, yes. if, regardless of whether you're a, a man, woman, cat, dog, whatever, that, take that from that movie. You, you do not have to prove anything to anyone to prove your worth. And and that and that to me is what really made that movie for me. Like you know, I whilst I say it's a cookie cutter movie, it's a it's a very 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 well done origin story. Uh, and what I really liked about it too, and I have to find it again because I saw this post on Tumblr, and holy cow, it was so good. It summed up the movie so succinctly about why there were some guys that just couldn't understand why women are like flocking to it although i will say this apparently more men than saw uh women saw it on opening weekend which was interesting um because we love strong independent women i guess so um but what i really loved about it is that a lot of origin stories are you know the the person was like it's like steve rogers like you know you're you're kind of weak and it's like obtain and how you you know um well it, ultimately it, like steve rogers iron man thor she was she was a badass before she even got her powers and then she gets her powers and she's even more of a badass yeah it, and which is not the usual origin story yeah you see, if that makes sense i'm but, really butchering what i'm trying to say well no but i think when when, when she's me. <laughs> I think at the end of the movie, when she kind of does that whole, I have nothing to prove to you, it kind of summed up 
every previous origin story because ultimately like like Guardians of the Galaxy you look at that they've kind of got to they've got kind of got to come together as a team bloody bloody blah Avengers they have to come together as a team Steve Rogers has to defeat the bad guy like in the movie Captain Marvel has always been able to defeat the bad guy it's just the bad guy wants to change the rules on her right and the bad guy wasn't who you thought it was going to be because I went in thinking it was going to be the scrolls I really did Oh, that was great! I love, I love. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fantastic. Yeah, that was. Really and you know, funny. eventually they're going to be bad. Scrolls. I mean, I knew once I found out he was Yon Rog, like I knew he was he was not a good dude because he's one of her main villains. But at the same time, I'm like, but the scrolls aren't that great either. Even though we've seen some good ones, because hell, if Jessica Drew can, you know, put her feeling of scrolls aside to save a scroll kid and whatever, you know, they're not all bad, but. There's gonna, yeah, I agree. They're definitely gonna be bad ones going forward. I, I, I am head cannoning. I, I really, well, not head cannoning, but I have this theory that um, Talos's daughter is gonna be Veronki. Oh, that'd be quite good. It would. Yeah, I, yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, I'm just hoping for a Captain Marvel two where we get to see what she was up to between the end of this movie. And That's ending. what I think we're getting because I think Kevin Feige has said that um, he had said that. He would. It would be really interesting to see what's been going on in the twenty years that since the movie took place. And I'm like, oh shit, I, I'm I, ready for it. Because I, yeah, sorry, I, that's about to say. <laughs> I, I think they're kind of setting up for um, how Ronan. Well, I kind of hope they're going to include Ronan the Accuser a little bit more. Oh yeah. In you know yeah. personally, but well, yeah, because he he wants Carol now. So I'm thinking. It was kind of funny because he goes, we're coming back for the girl. And I'm sitting there going, well, no, you're not because you're dead. (laughs) I'm like, well, no, I guess there's all that time in between that you could have gone after her. So maybe not. Because there's a lot of long, horrible history between the Kree and the Skrulls that hasn't been touched on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then we're also getting Eternal. So, yeah, I'm excited. And and there was the from uh, Minerva. That yeah. she had already been to Earth before, and she's the geneticist. Yeah. So that always leaves a little way to get the Inhumans in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah just reboot yeah. the Inhumans. Also, the have you show. noticed we've got, we've got, um, we now have Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Marie, uh, Monica Rambeau in the MCU now. The Ultimates. So oh. we only need two more to get our Ultimates. We need America, and we need Blue Marvel. So it's only a matter of time. That we have them. There's no way they're not going to do the ultimates. They can't. Not when they've got three of the five. That would be really good as well because I think I think you kind of need a team that isn't the Avengers going forward, and the ultimates make an awful lot of sense because they kind of deal with extraterrestrial threats, not just Earthbound. Right. That would be so good. That's what I'm saying. And I'll tell you, Al Ewing's ultimates. I only picked up the first issue because of the Captain Marvel variant. And then I read it, and I do not regret subscribing to that book ever. It was so good. Okay. But yeah. Um, so, we have one more comic to talk about now that we've totally gone off the charts per usual. Sorry. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think uh, Lynn has uh, done a, a summary of that Summary one. of this one, I too. I have yep. not read it yet, but spoil me. Okay. There's not too much, not too many spoilers because we're just getting started. But this is Invisible Kingdom number one. 
It's a new sci-fi fantasy series written by Hugo Award winner and former Ms. Marvel writer G. Willow Wilson. Oh. Art by Christian Ward, who won the Eisner for his work on Black Bolt. Eisner Award Christian Ward. And lettering by Sal Cipriano. So this the story takes place in a star system that has four planets populated by humanoid aliens. And all their material needs are seen to by Lux, which is Amazon in space. And in contrast, they also have a religion called the Renunciation that Ooh. preaches a life of austerity. Oh, shit. I need so, to beat this. This sounds like it, it's right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. And uh, our first issue starts out by introducing us to Grix. She's a freighter pilot for Lux. And Vess, who is a young Rulian on her way to joining an order of nuns, spelled N-O-N-E-S, called the Siblings of Severity. And thanks to a lack of maintenance on her ship by Lux, Grix and her crew are crash landing on planet Dooney. At the same time, Vess is wandering the streets of Dooney blindfolded, trying to find her way to the monastery as part of her initiation as a nun. Almost immediately upon arriving at the monastery, Vess is given the job of scriptorian and bookkeeper. And as Vess starts working on the monastery's books and Grix... Is it... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is it Vess like V-E-S-S? Yes. Okay. Like Charles Vess, the... Got uh, it. Artist. Okay. Sorry. And uh, as Vess starts working on the monastery's books, Grix at the same time is taking inventory of her cargo... And their stories start to converge as they both discover a large and mysterious transfer of funds between Lux and the siblings of Severity. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Interesting. I'm going to have to pick that up. And it is absolutely gorgeous. Yep. I wouldn't expect anything less from Christian Ward, honestly. It, it gave me exactly what I wanted. Christian Ward splash pages. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I would like, say this is so such a pretty book. Like he like even from Black Bolt, and I thought Black Bolt was one of the best comics I'd ever seen. Uh he's like come on massively even since then. It's just so pretty. Yeah, there's a like a two page spread where one side is a splash of um Grix's ship crashing and the other one is Vest walking up to the monastery and it's just phenomenal. All right, I yeah. need to pick that up. I guess I'm going to my comic shop tomorrow. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's definitely one to look out for, and I kind of I kind of hope that it's not it, it's not been established. It's a limited run or anything, is it? It has not. So, oh. so hopefully this is well, everyone should go out and buy it. Yeah, and hopefully it's a new ongoing that goes on for forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys been keeping up with uh, Saladina Med's um, solo book with Image? I can't remember that the, I can't remember what it's called. Didn't realize he had a solo book at Image. To be honest with you, yeah, it's the it's a detective one. That's in set in the seventies. Oh, Abbott. oh, Abbott. Yeah, Abbott. That, yes, that, that wrapped up. Yeah, that oh, was, a, that was it, six issues yeah, long. That was yeah. super. That is sad. I'm gonna have to get that too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to catch up on it because I read the first issue, loved it, and then just didn't read anything else for ages. So I'm gonna catch up on oh, that one. Man. No, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I need to pick this up. I mean, Invisible Kingdom again. It's it's one of those things. G, you know, G Willow Wilson is a an amazing writer, and she's teamed up with an amazing artist. And uh, 
yeah. Like, yeah, if that book doesn't get like some sort of Eisner nominate, nomination be- just because of who the team is, I would be very surprised. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I again, I I reckon Christian Ward is definitely in for a second Eisner at some point. So, yeah, yeah, just hope this one. But then again, he's also got a um, creator-owned book that he's working on as well. So, he's yeah. Is is Odyssey off? Is it Odyssey that he's working on? That's on hiatus, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. only had uh, the first two volumes come out. And he's gone back on that again? I, I don't think so. I don't think there's any word oh. from that one yet. Um, but he's he's got an actual, like, his his own creator, creator-owned book that he's uh, been working on. And he's the writer, not the artist. Oh, wow. So that's going to be really good when that, you know, when it finally gets oh, announced oh, properly. Yeah. Who's the artist? Do uh, we know yet? I don't think he's announced it yet. I'm not sure. Yeah. He's been very secretive about everything. <laughs> His Which... posts don't show up on my Twitter, and it makes me very sad. Really? Really? Yeah, you, you I follow sure him, follow but him? I do follow him, yes. I make sure I follow as many comic creators as I possibly can. Yeah, which is always good. It's always handy. But, uh, yeah, I, I really hope that this book does well, because, I mean, it is, it's kind of setting up for something that I really enjoy, which is just, like, some sort of high-level sci-fi epic you know and i do love my sci-fi epics um i can't wait for the issue too really can't wait excellent so um i guess that's all we have huh yeah i mean unless there's any you know unless you guys got any recommendations to read that sort of stuff if you're not reading kelly thompson's captain marvel you need to read it Especially if you're a Spider Woman fan, because that's the only Spider Woman we're getting right now. What about the one in um, uh, oh, Captain America? Oh, Captain America. Yeah, she's coming up in Captain America, but her role isn't as. Was it Agents of Atlas? Isn't it? No, it's the Daughters of Liberty. Oh, what's Agents of Atlas? I have no idea. Where have I got that from? I don't know. It's probably another book. That is probably Atlas from uh, Star Force. Probably. And I don't know why I've mixed those two up. but I don't know, no. She's on the Daughters of Liberty, which is Mockingbird, Jess, Sharon Carter, Tony Ho, Sue Storm, and Misty Knight. That's interesting. Yep. And uh, they are uh, trying to unframe Captain America from a crime that he has been framed for. Um, we've seen, uh, I guess, uh, Mockingbird and Misty... Uh, showed up in the most recent issue. Um, Jess wasn't in it, but you saw the results of Jessica's work of spying on the Kingpin. Um, and also, Sharon Carter is a freaking badass. So if you're not reading Captain America, you should be reading Captain America, because this is right up there, I think, with Brubaker's run. So you need to read it. Yeah, that's... Um, was it Tennessee... T- how, how do you say his name? Tennessee Coates? Is he still writing it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he's also on Black Panther, and Black Panther's been very odd, but my my, my kind of good odd. Because, um, I mean, Black, Black Panther's been focused on uh, some sort of Black Panther, uh, Wakandan, uh, like, colony in space. Oh. And that's been really good. I've really enjoyed that as well. Interesting. So, have you got any recommendations, Lynn? Well, if you like sci-fi epics... Seven to Eternity by Rick Reminder oh. and art yeah. by Jerome Pena. Yeah, I've um, 
I've heard of that one, and I, I do intend on getting that because there's a new really nice hardback that's come out, isn't there? Yes, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's kind of a sci-fi fantasy western. Oh, yeah. nice. I might have to read that, too. Um, uh, Wick- Wicked and Divine, their last issue is coming out soon. Uh, yeah. Sad to see that end. I'm collecting that in um, the uh, collected editions. So, But I may have to uh, go ahead and um, order that last um, issue. Um, they're keeping the cover really under wraps. They've kind of posted the variants, but the final cover, they're keeping really under wraps. Um, but Wicked's been amazing. So you need to pick that up. Last issue's coming out soon. Don't know the date, but soon. Oh, frick. If you are not reading Zdarsky's Daredevil, you are missing out as well. That yeah. has been awesome. I'm going to be picking that one up in trade because I kind of got the Whole of Souls run. So. No, let me tell you, Zdarsky's run is amazing. The art is beautiful, and he totally gets Matt. And yeah. Like, I, I kind of liked Souls Run, and I picked it up here and there, and I love that he used Reader and Frank McGee, because how can you not love Frank McGee? But, like, this if is anything's going to call me, well, yeah, if anything's going to turn me into a hardcore Daredevil fan, it's going to be Chip Zdarsky. And, n- and not Charlie Cox. I love Charlie Cox. <laughs> he, he got me interested in the character, and he's incredibly sexy. And apparently, he is on. Um, he's doing a play with uh, Tom Hiddleston currently in uh, he London. Is. Yeah. Don't know what Which, it is, but yeah, yeah, I've seen the adverts for it's it. It's called. Uh, what's it called? Betrayal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. If I was in London, I would seen that play like six times already because you can't have that much sexiness on stage and not like die. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm glad that's the way you went, to be honest. <laughs> Those are two very attractive men. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. On that note, I feel incredibly inadequate, so I'm going to go and um, <laughs> go and make myself feel better somehow. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, Adam. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, if like we said earlier in the show, uh, if you've got any good suggestions for. Um, new names of the the podcast and um, comics you would like us to review because yes yeah. yeah because we can review them we can have a look at them um i don't think we want to go down the route of x-men because that sounds like it's just going to be a whole they need their of, own podcast yeah yeah and we don't want to become a, a solely x-men or a solely whatever podcast so but um yeah so suggest names for the podcast by emailing us at the show at landrising.com or And get a chance to win free stuff. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we're also on Twitter for at Atalanrising one. Um and thanks for joining us today and a big welcome to, to Lynn. She's gonna be joining us hopefully from now onwards. Yay, Lynn! Thank you. And uh we shall catch you next episode. Until then. Bye. Not bad.